Looking for a brew unique to you? Find it at Kroger. Discover distinctly different chameleon organic ground coffee with flavors like Guatemala and dark and handsome. They're so organic, so sustainable, and so good. Visit Kroger today to get yours. Hello and welcome to the GC Sunscast, the Gold Coast Suns show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane and joining me on the phone is Tom. Welcome to the show, Tom. Yeah, I was. It was a really good atmosphere. The 2000 Suns fans that were there were passionate Suns fans. There were a, a handful of Crow supporters. I probably saw a dozen. Um, and that was just in my section. Uh, it was. We were all sort of crammed on the western side. Uh, so I was a bit surprised about that. But there was a whole row uh, between. There was like a, a row of people sitting. Uh, an empty row and then another row where everyone sat and we were encouraged to sit two seats between each other uh obviously some people didn't heed too much mind to that but they at least gave one seat um but it was just good to to see the football back see it live a very vocal supporter group that was there and it really came across i've watched the replay since and it's really come across in the the the, on the tv broadcast so they've really pumped up that volume and the the players on the field have also made mention of being able to hear that crowd and it, it was good it was good we don't often get a a a high ratio suns fans at games it's usually uh the sec other team but that that definitely was changed on the weekend, and hopefully it it go on. Well, you know who else is a group 
a good group of fans, Tom. And that is our old soul Patreon donors. So I'd like to thank Jack's dad, Paul Vosti, Dale Snelling, Tom Kim, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Robbie Fiorini, Chris Moore, and Tim. Thanks, guys, for your support once again this week. And we look forward to having you guys on board the GC Sunscast train as we rise to the top. Uh, also, if you want to join the GC Sunscast Patreon donors, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and help support the show. Uh, no amount of money is too small, whether it's a dollar or five dollars, everything counts. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just good to have Suns fans that we know want to listen to what we're talking about. Um, We do, and uh, at the moment, the money is going back into the Suns as we use it to uh, pledge our memberships to the club and help support them in these tough times, and we'll continue to do that in the future. Now, Tom, let's get into the news. We've got the Queensland government coming out and saying they're going to allow 6,500 Suns fans into the game this weekend, so... More people get to go come and see the Suns. I know it was a a bit of a it, a letdown for a lot of Suns fans that tried to get tickets for last week and were unable to. Uh, but this week, certainly, they've got a much better chance of getting in. They will. So we'll we'll try to avoid speculation on that. We've got a pretty tight show today and we could go down a big rabbit hole of uh, what's going to happen. There's talk the Queensland government's going to pull out and not allow the Victorian teams up here without isolating. Um, We know the Perth sides want to get back to WA. Uh, There's also talk that uh, Gold Coast might relocate to the Northern Territory if Queensland government does what they're possibly thinking of doing so we've got no idea how this season's going to play out but what we do know is the suns are playing winning football so let's talk about that um, 
before we jump into the game stats, we've got to give some award mentions. First of all is Connor Butterick, rising star, the second nomination for a Gold Coast Suns player this year. He had a fantastic game for his third game of AFL football, didn't he? And kicked a beautiful goal as well. Yeah, definitely. He's he's doing really well, and we were always always positive of uh, Connor in last year, talking him up. And he hasn't let us down. Every game he's played this year in the seniors, he we've we've really seen him come on and develop, and been really surprised that he's just sort of fitted perfectly into that backline slot that that was vacant. Yeah, um, sorry, we're having a few audio issues. I'm just going to fix that up. Uh, do you want to keep talking for me, please, Tom? Okay. <laughs> I, I, can, I can talk about the next player. Go, go like, into the goal of the year nominations. Okay, I'll, I'll do that one. So, Darcy McPherson, I must apologise. I did not pick you in my side. But fortunately, the Gold Coast Suns did pick you in their side. Uh, as we know, a couple of players had to come out with, with the, the returning players. Now, Darcy will tell, probably even own up that he wasn't taking a shot for goal. He was following team orders. 
but he's dead set done a Gary Ablett from the Ablett pocket and just nailed a goal of the year contender. And the look on his face, you knew that he was basically trying to drag it back to the goal square. <laughs> but it went through and, oh, jeez, it was one of my favourite moments of the game. All right, fantastic. It looks like we've got the audio back together now. Sorry about that, folks. I've got to remember to set these audio settings every time before the show. Okay, so McPherson, Rao, goal of the year nomination. Who are you going to pick? All right, so if Rao... If Raoul kicked both of his goals on his non-preferred left side, that adds a difficulty factor. But I also think that we can probably put it in the bank that Raoul is not going to miss many goals. He hasn't missed any goals so far. He's got four goals from three games, his first three games. But, yeah, I don't think he can go past McPherson. It was just pure ass and such skill well, to be able to do it off balance and everything. Well, this is a debate that was on the radio broadcast I was listening to while I was watching the game. And can you have a goal of the year nomination that is a pure fluke? Because that's what that goal with Darcy was. It was just the wind grabbed it and took it through. Whereas Matt Rowell, you know, that was pure class, pure skill, being able to kick 53 metres on his non-preferred left foot and sail it through for a goal. See, I think both of Rao's goals were pretty good, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you what do you do? Um, Rao is getting everything else, isn't he? So, you know, we reckon he's probably got six Brownlow votes so far. Um, he would have got a second Rising Star nomination if he didn't get the first one last week. Um, I think both of us have got him as our best on ground, and uh, and Darcy he, he deserves deserves a bit of bit of credit, I reckon. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's probably going to split the chances of the Suns players taking home this nomination because uh, I don't think Suns fans are going to be able to choose which, be able to decide which one they want, and it's probably going to be a, a fairly even split. I'm on the Rao camp. I reckon that was a fantastic goal, and uh, McPherson. As much as I love the fluke, I, I think Rao's was a bit better, and you're clearly in the McPherson camp. So. Uh, yeah. I wonder what our listeners are are, going to vote for. Let us know in the comments and uh, have a chat about that off the air later on. Um, All right. Well, let's jump into this game. It was the Suns, 12 goals, 10, 82, defeated the Crows, 4 goals, 5, 29. Now, this was the first time the Gold Coast Suns have ever beaten Adelaide. And we've had to watch the Crows demolish the Suns. I think they had an average winning margin of about 10 goals. So yeah, it's, it's been ugly. We, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming, but finally we've got our revenge. We've got our revenge from that dog act of laughing last year in the coach's box. And the players must be loving this. Oh, yeah. Like all of our players who are you know, come back from, from you know, we've been here for a, a few few losses to the Crows, especially that one last year where, as you say, the, you know, the, the coach is just laughing. Well, a, a couple of those coaches got fired, didn't they? So <laughs> they're... Uh, and, and it's hard to see Adelaide winning a game. I mean, the Suns were very good, but the, the Crows were just poor as a team. They, they really relied on individuals winning their positions or winning contests to to stop the Suns and 
even though in the end twelve ten what isn't you know isn't isn't a terrible day. It started out as two seven, so really coming home with ten goals three was what got the Suns the the margin. But it could have been could have been we could have been looking at a hundred points if it was more like seven goals two at quarter time, couldn't it? It, it could have. I mean, that first quarter they had what nine scoring shots. It was all all the play was in the Suns forward fifty, and they really should have nailed a few more of those goals. Uh, we only had four scoring shots in the second, and they were all goals. Five scoring shots in the third, um, and two scoring shots, or no, four scoring shots again in the last, but. Really, the Suns just dominated that first quarter. And then I think we saw patches in that second and third quarter where the Suns dominated again, kind of like last week against West Coast. We saw a patch near the end of that second quarter where the Suns gained the ascendancy and kicked multiple goals. That happened in the space of about three or four minutes in that second quarter. Uh, One of them was Rao's great goal from 53. Um and we saw it happen again in the third quarter uh, when McPherson was able to snap that goal from the boundary line. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've, we've seen the, the it. Timing, we've seen it come in time. waves this year, haven't we? The goals have just come in waves. Like there'll be a down period, they'll be trying hard, and then the damn walls break and the goals just flood. And then it, it's back to that tight tussle, and then the Suns just hold on and then break through again. The, the timing of Ben King's goals was really decisive. Um, I know he didn't really have a, a fantastic second half, pretty much put the cue in the rack at half time for, for Benny, but um, getting those two early behinds after really great marking, strong marking and getting away from his opponent, and then at the very end of that first quarter, Ben King gets that goal, which wasn't from a mark or from a, you know, he, he was just playing a, a small man's role in a big man's body. And then when the, when the, the, the contest was sort of seesawing in the, in, in the, in the second quarter and, and Adelaide were really trying to get back into it, he kicked his second goal. And then in the third quarter, um, you know, I mean, he kicked two goals to it to half time. And in the third quarter, he got, got in there and kicked his, his third goal. And it was pretty much fat lady singing already because Yeah, I do. Ben King was really good. I thought his um, he, the way he took marks, he really dominated and took control of that game. Mm. Like we we don't see it too often. A key forward just dominate like that. But the way he he was taking the mark at the highest point, he was breaking packs. It was reminiscent of football from the early 2000s when key forwards would do that. So mm. he's got potential to break out and be one of the best key forwards in the competition. 
Yep. Do you know much about his opponent? Um, so Fisher Mackesy. Okay, so uh, he, he was number, the number sixth six draft year. pick last year. And they, they, they were Ben King and Fisher Mackesy were basically consecutive years pick six. They both come from Vic Metro. They both come from Sandringham Dragons. And they, they those boys know each other quite well because, of course, they were both defenders. And they were also both sort of pinch hitters up forward because they, they could go forward. So when Ben King's brother, Max, did his knee... Ben King went up forward and, and Maxi came into the team as a as a tall defender, as a bottom major. So they've played with each other, against each other, on each other. So, uh, you know, but then again, he's beaten a first-year opponent. So the question will be, how will Ben King go against a really rugged, um, experienced, uh, tall defender in the next few weeks, which he'll he'll have some opponents who'll, who'll test him out. Yeah, he will. Um who have we got this week? Frio. I mm. don't. I, they've got Griffin Logue, I think. He's probably their, their best key defender. Um, Geelong's going to be the real test when he's up against... Yeah. Um, I think Blickavs plays as the defender now, doesn't he? And they've got they, they can Taylor. rotate a few guys on him yeah. and see, see, see who's got the, the, the best match-up. Um, we don't know who's going to come back from injuries. The, the other, Collagesny, could be a potential. Um, the, yeah, Frio have got a couple of tall forwards to come back as well. So until they name their team, we won't know who the matchup there is. But, um, you know, um, Tali is a, 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 probably, you would say he's an elite defender. And, um, and Sammy Day didn't look like he had a very good game, but he basically took out their best defender, which allowed King to dominate. Would and you that's, agree? That's Sam's day's. Sorry, that's Sam Day's job. He yeah. is not a, a key forward that's going to kick a lot of goals, but he is the biggest body there, and he has to drag away an opponent, allowing King to not be double teamed. Um, so let, let's jump into, like, there are so many people that we could say was, you know, best on ground or played really well. It's so hard to bring this down to just three, but mm. let, let's go with it. I've got Matt Rao with the three votes. No surprise there. Another best on ground performance. Ten coaches votes yet again. This, this kid's got on his way to a Brownlow in his first year. Do, do, you, do you have his stats? I, I know he got... If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. 28 pressure act. Uh, 28 pressure acts, 20 disposals, 10 tackles, 8 yeah. clearances. The guy's a freak. And the two goals. Absolute freak. Um, yeah. And, he, and he's just there for the other players too. So even in the second half when he wasn't racking up the possessions, he was still laying the tackles, shepherding, which isn't a stat, but you know you, you know when you can see a player who's working so that the, the teammate with the ball can get in the clear... He, was, he just started making other guys, make, giving space for other guys to, to look good, which is, you know, it's what younger players like Ainsworth and, well, Miller and Weller aren't that young, but it, it's it's what they've sort of needed, having a, 
a bull in there. Like you've got Greenwood in there doing the, the tough stuff as well. So it's really allowed our, our pacey little midfielders to just, you know, get that extra half a yard so they can actually get away from their opponents. And uh, and and now we're seeing their talents really exhibited to the, to their full potential. That's the other thing I wanted to bring this up before the show, but the. I, I was going to say at the start of this year we would have probably been thinking this is a year we're going to see Ainsworth improve we're going to see Bowes break out we're going to see uh, Brody dominate we're going to see all of these players that's been on the list for four or five years jump up and start performing mm. and they have to an extent but with the development of Rao coming into the side Greenwood coming into the side I think the story more is about these kids uh, finally having the freedom to play the football they want to play mm. while the, these other guys come in and give them silver service. You know, we're seeing King lace out, take grabs. We didn't see that last year. No. King had to we're... work really hard for every single one of his goals last year. This year, in the two games we've seen... Either Day or King has had silver service of that football, and mm. it's come from a midfield that's working really hard. It's Greenwood and Rao getting the ball out of the centre and dishing off to Lockie Weller, who's having a career best year. Um, it, it's going off to Anderson in his first year, who's lining up hitting targets. We've got Hanley and Lacocious running off the half back line, doing what they will. It's it's um, it's a real team performance. We're not seeing the individual stand out. We are with Raul, yes, but the players that we thought would be the standouts, they've improved, but the whole team has improved with them. Well, I think the shout outs here have to go to 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 Buderick because he's playing out of position and he's only. It's only his first year and he's matching it. But the other player who's playing out of position is Jack Bowes. Now, he's he had 20 possessions in the shortened game. Now, for a player like that, if, they, if, if these were full-length quarters, he would probably get close to 30 possessions because, you know, in junk time, especially in the in just before half time and then in, in the last few minutes of a game that's a blowout, Opposition's just try to bomb it forward and the intercepting backs come in and, and, and take it. Well, he had he had seven marks and he his play, his open play when he was moving up through the through the midfield was just phenomenal. And players honored his lead. They didn't burn him. They just went Bosey's going on a run, they'll take the possession off him and then they'll give it back to him and then he's he's out in the open and, and then he hits up his targets. Just been, he's just really, really is fitting into that that um, Luke Hodge role that we've been kind of talking about. So I, I had him for two votes, obviously Rao for three. So who did you do? You all, have, have you got a, a comment about Bosey? Uh, only Bose and Ballard had the team high seven marks. So both of those blokes playing fantastic, controlling that back line. The other bloke really doing well controlling that back line is Sam Collins. Yeah. He's just come on so much since he's come back from the VFL. Real shame he got injured last year. I reckon he would have been in conversation for All-Australian last year as an All-Australian yeah. defender. Definitely in the conversation this year if he can stay fit. Um, well, I mean, you know, you, you can understand why defenders go for the, the spoil 
when they when they find themselves out, you know, or they don't want to risk trying to take a mark and, and dropping it. But it's so soul destroying when you see a big pack go up for a for a mark. The 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 fullback just you know punches it. It, it goes straight to an opposition player and bang, they kick a goal. And and but, uh, oppositions who've got reasonably good medium sized to small forwards will absolutely kill us. But yeah, and that's right. And Collins, marks. sorry, Collins doesn't do that. He yes, he does do that to a degree, but he takes marks. He chases yeah. opponents. He yeah. he lays tackles. That's something that we didn't often see at all from Stephen May when he was no. at the club. Speaking of Stephen May, you've put up a thing on our Facebook page, a team of the Suns now versus a team of the Suns from the past. Uh, so players that have left the club. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, so Collins current, is clearly better than May. Playing now, playing, in, playing in, in our team now yeah. and not even our potential best team of players who are yet to come back in versus players who are active in the AFL on a list which has actually grown to a quite a large number, but I had to make up the numbers with a, a you know a couple of guys like um, Braden Proust and and um, Bailey Scott, who never played AFL for the Suns, but they they came through our academy, and I also stuck in a couple of guys who played in the pre AFL sides uh, like Josh Thomas and um, Alex Keith, who never took up their senior contracts when they were offered. I think Keith was listed technically I, I seem to remember he was listed by the Suns at one point I think that yeah, well he he, anyway. he, he, was, he was given a contract with an AFL contract and a Cricket Australia or a Cricket South Australia contract and he went and played cricket for a few years anyway let's get back on track uh, my second uh, two votes was for Jared Witts and he dominated uh, Riley O'Brien in the ruck it if you look at the hitouts, it doesn't look that way, but no. it, it's what Wits was doing around the ground. He was more influential than Natanui. He was. How many the times ball did he just of... bring the ball straight out of the hitout and just roll around on his left and bang it inside fifty? I he, think he I think did he did it, it at the for start the first of every hitout. quarter. Did he do it? Did he do it every every centre bounce to open the quarter? I think, or I, I at think least so. the first three. Yeah, I, I know, know he did it at least four times. Yeah. I mean, that's four inside 50s, including the hit-out. So, he, yeah, well, he got eight clearances. So that was a team high. That was as many clearances yeah. as Matt Rowell. So yeah. he had 17 disposals, six marks, uh, seven score involvements as well. So know, really amazing, having an it? impact. The only thing that could have made his game better was if he, he took that mark in the fourth quarter, turned around, mm. played on, and dribbled the ball into the post. If only that had gone through for a goal... Yeah, it would have been a an even better game from Witsy, but I love but I the like big this Ruckman. version of Wits because he's he's making the contest, but he's not he's not exerting that extra effort to just try and win at all costs. Because when he does that, he's he's not able to tap it to advantage. He's doing his best to get into the contest as long as he gives a contest. If the other guy's the one who's just trying to get a get a tap on it, no matter which direction it goes. Well, we've now got the midfield that can shark the ball and we're winning the clearances, aren't we? Absolutely. And what we do with those clearances is hugely important. And the amount of times we hit uh, the bloke who I'm giving my single vote to is uh, Ben King because the amount of times we hit him from a clearance 
was fantastic football. We spoke about it just before the mm. way King was dominating, and uh, mm. I, I was really impressed with his game. Um, mm. It was a different role to what Sam Day played the week before, but it was still just as effective, and he probably should have had more than three goals. He missed a couple of shots in that first quarter, mm. which probably a better forward would have kicked. But I think it fired him up, though. I think he really knew that the Suns weren't getting reward for effort, and if he if he could get on the scoreboard, which he eventually did, right, through desperation, um, and then he followed that up with, uh, he basically scored a goal in each of the first three quarters, and um, I think he was still trying by, by the fourth quarter, but um, I also know that he spent a reasonable time on the bench. So, yeah, look, couldn't agree more. He played very well. I didn't give him a vote, though. Um I just couldn't go past Darcy McPherson. He's 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 proven me wrong. I I, I had I, I predicted him being out of the team as a small forward. Eighteen possessions, uh, and he and he did in the end. He got a couple of goals, didn't he? So really valuable performance from Darcy McPherson. He's playing a strong role in that forward line role. Not as many possessions, but he's laying laying the pressure, laying the tackles, and. He's a smart player. He seems to be hovering around Ben King and getting yeah, to the wouldn't foot. you? Wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. But it, it's good to have a, a football player, a small forward, that knows where the dangerous spot is and gets there and really starts to make teams sweat. Uh, I guess Isaac Rankin might take his spot, but we we just got to wait and see how far Rankin is. Um, that is all the three votes. We, I do want to give a quick shout out to Greenwood. Seventeen, uh, sorry, thirteen tackles, twenty-seven pressure acts. I think he only had ten disposals, and he certainly let the, let the crows know about it after the game on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Brandon Ellis had three hundred and ninety-three meters gains, a team high there. So he's really proving his worth. Lukosius wasn't far behind with three hundred and eighty-eight meters gained. And again, right behind him was Hanley, three hundred and eighty-four meters gained. So we're and you really mentioned those two ball. earlier on. They're they're just coming out of the back line at will with the ball. Um, different players, um, very different players, really. Um, uh, but it's just great to see Hanley with just that manic pressure because when he's got the ball and nobody knows what he's going to do with it, um, then it can often just end up with a nothing play. But it seems like. Um, now that he's got a, a bit of fitness and a decent chunk of, you know, the extra bonus preseason, um, they've, they've they've really um, got a bit of a plan for what's going to happen when he does go forward. Um, and Lukosius is, is is finally understanding his position, absolutely, because uh, it's it's a tough tough position, right? Yeah. Um, but what what did you think of of, of Luko's improvement game on game this year? He he's definitely getting better every single game. Um, look, I suppose the question remains, do we eventually move him forward? And that's something that we're going to tell with time. He needs to learn the craft a bit better. And um, I think we've definitely got space now to move Lukosius forward. Maybe when Thompson comes back um, and Ballard can move into that role. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. It's got so hard to fit players into this side. And oh, part yeah. of the reason for that, Tom, is the injury list. We've only got three players on the injury list. 
I don't think I've mm. ever seen that in Suns history. We've got George Hall and Smith, TBC, Miles two to three weeks away, and Reardon is season ending. Yeah, look, and we've got we've basically got a a young, a young rookie um, who we picked up in the in the mid season draft, um, and good luck to him in his rehab. But the timing of his ACL means that he won't play this year. Um, and you know, ordinarily we'd be really missing Miles by now, but we, when his replacement is Matt Rowe, <laughs> you've got, you know, you've got to think um, uh, Miles is going to give him the extra time to to recover because he's. He now had two injuries, hasn't he? Um, but anyway, the the and, and George Holland Smith, we don't really know what's been going on, but he's had some niggles, and he seems to have found a a, a temporary place as an assistant coach because, of course, with the um, the soft cap rules, we've had to get rid of a few assistant coaches like Mick Malcheski, um, I think Ashley Prescott, and I can't remember the third one, but. Um, it, it, it's essentially there's a with such a young team there is a need for uh, you know a mentor on the sidelines and you know they've been able to because he's already paying him as a player so they've been able to get permission to to have him in, down there with a with a headset on and you know you've got to credit good old George Holland Smith with with um, you know being that calming voice on the on the interchange bench. Speaking of which, Shane, do you have the stats for how many interchanges the Suns made on the weekend? Uh, I can bring them up. I I'm believe it spot, was 32. I, I know how much it was. 32 out of 90. And our season average is 62. So that's three games. And we've, so we normally have a lot more, more than double that. And yet we've had 32 interchanges and they've had 73. How much do you think that impacted the way the game was played? Uh, quite a bit. The Suns looked tired in that last quarter, and that's probably why Adelaide were able to get three or four goals in that last quarter to to peg the lead back a bit. But I'm not quite sure that figure's accurate. I, I don't have any the the breakdown of the quarter stats in front of me, but I have heard that that figure says the the second quarter interchanges was zero, and we know for a fact that's not right because Sam Day went off in that second quarter with an injury. Um, so we know there was at least one in that second quarter. It was low at halftime. I know that because I looked at it and it was, it was commented on that the Suns weren't making anywhere near as much. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll, we'll need to follow that one. Um, but I, I don't think they made anywhere... Like, it, even if that's true, I don't think they made anywhere near as many as the, the full quota... It wouldn't surprise me if they if they were they only did make fifty odd. Anyway, um, if you factor in another ten or twelve. Anyway, but, we've um, only got about. Yeah, we'll follow that. We've got about six minutes left, so I quickly want to go over the scratch match result uh, that the Suns media team have posted up. Now they're talking about Rankin being playing a four quarter game, going through the midfield as well. So mm. it sounds like he's promising. He was dangerous in front of goals, hit the scoreboard multiple times. Uh, it seems unlikely we'll see Rankin this week, but it could be the week after or later than that. I'd like to see if it's not this week they don't bring him in for that Geelong game because I think yeah. that, that's a baptism of fire, going down, playing Geelong in Geelong as your first game. Um 
and I mean, from a selfish point of view, I probably want to see Rankin's debut game live. Look, I, I, I wouldn't put anything past this team. Um, I, I this, the 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 um, the coaches always make some sort of you know selection surprise, and last week it was Fiorini, and we didn't. We didn't, you know, we, we got the tip off that it was happening, but we didn't we, we didn't expect it when we did the show on Tuesday. Um, I don't know that there'll be, you know, any changes this this week necessarily, but I think, and it, we'll go through the names because there are a few other guys in the scratch match who were who were given given some some highlights in that report, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if they're now considering resting players maybe not for for frio but for the trip to geelong so i could see um peter wright's been getting some good write-ups from the couple of scratch matches i could see peter wright going to geelong and sam day being given a week off because it's not like this season we we want to play our best team every single week we we want to try out different things and you know i mean we want to win in geelong but i don't think switching like for like is going to make us lose it's just that one has some strengths that the other lacks and vice versa so um who were some of the other guys who who you liked from the scratch match summary okay well will Brody is getting a lot of talk as well so it sounds like he's winning a lot of clearances and he's ready to step in should matt rail or greenwood or swallow not be available um mm. lemons was doing really well as well he also hit the scoreboard it sounds like um, Sharp and Heron playing on the wing. Uh, mm. Peter Wright also was constant threat up front and finished with multiple goals. Uh, and there's a brief chat about Sam Flanders as well. So they're all potentials to come in. We also had Fiorini sitting on the sidelines as the non-playing emergency for that game. Uh, mm. So plenty of options to come in for this side. What well, we, want, we wondered about um, Corey Ellis, haven't we? Off, off air, we've sort of said, well, Corey Ellis was picked in the 27-man squad. Um, and certainly our, our friend of the podcast, Cal Toomey, the Tombstone, thought maybe Corey Ellis's career might be coming to a close if he can't crack it into the team. Well, he's cracked it into the, the emergency list and he, he did play a few games last year. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. I mean, the obvious replacement there would be someone like Harbrow or, well, it's not going to be Butterick now. So what do you think What do you think about Corey Ellis's chances? Yeah, it's a strange one, Corey Ellis. It's a wait and see because we haven't heard a single thing about him in the off-season or in the, the shutdown period, and mm. yet he somehow found his way onto the 26-man squad when yeah. blokes like Brody are missing out, um, Peter Wright as well. So very interesting to see how he is actually traveling, traveling for the Suns. We've got about yeah. two minutes left, Tom, so quickly let's chat about the game against Fremantle. I can't see any changes coming from this game, can you? Not really, but I think one thing to to consider is that um, Fremantle traditionally, well, not traditionally, in the last few years, Fremantle have been really strong up the wings and they lost their two best elite wingmen over the off-season. So they're sort of playing with a different structure and a different different way and they're, they're 0-3. 
So if anything was to happen this week, um, if they went with the same team, gee, you could really see Powell and Anderson just tearing them up uh, down those Metricon wings. Um, but, yeah, if, if anyone's going to come in, it'll be someone who we just mentioned. Um, but I don't know if anyone played poorly enough to, to merit getting dropped. And two games, you don't need a break after two games, but potentially, I think we've already said that... that um, the Geelong squad could be quite different with a few players who need to be dropped. What are your thoughts? I think the only way we're going to drop someone would be if they're they're pulling up a bit sore. You know, Sam Day's had a couple of rough knocks in the last two games, so mm, Peter Wright could get in through that. Mm. Um, Holman and Lemon, McPherson have played pretty rough. You know, Lemons could find a way in through there, mm. uh, or Flanders, um, mm. or Rankin even. And then Fiorini, being the non-playing emergency, uh, he's got to get some game time. And I would think he's a—he's probably the best chance at getting back into that squad. Maybe at the expense of a Harbrow or a or an Anderson. They—they uh, mm. they, they have struggled the last couple of games. Anderson had a really good game against West Coast, but was marginally. Uh, well, not marginally. He was significantly quieter last week against Adelaide. So, possibly, Fiorini can get back in. But I'm expecting no changes going into this week. You'd really like to see the Suns win all three of these games in this bracket. Because um, remembering, we, we we had round one at Metricon and we lost that. Yep. So, winning, winning three out of four games at Metricon is... Finals are looking... Likely, but I think we've got to win this one to start talking about the finals. Absolutely. And that's it for us tonight. So, go Suns and let's smash Frio. Yeah, go Suns. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart.